0: what are angels? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Aaron Armstrong, brand manager of The Gospel Project, and with me again from uh, the remote lands of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, is Brian Dembozik. Uh Brian, we are uh, switching things up a little bit. I'm taking your role on this episode.
1: Yeah, because I'm relegated to my uh, walk in closet. That's once right.
0: Again. That's right. So, um, so, yes, you have a uh, sick child at home. So, you're being a good dad and, uh, you know, making sure there's adult supervision. So, we appreciate wow. that. Somewhat of an adult supervision. Well, my wife is, is truly the adult supervision. This is true. This is true. Well, I know that if Hannah was there, she would be supervising you, but. Yeah, that's um, true, too. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, hey. Today we are talking about
1: angels, mm-hmm. not, not the baseball team from California. Are they still around? Yes, they are still around. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. they're still around. So we we are not, but we're not talking about those angels. Uh, we're talking about some divine messengers of gods. So Aaron, why don't you get us cranked and uh, go ahead and and read the essential doctrine as we provide it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is how we explain angels in the 99 essential Christian doctrines, and of course we have a uh, lovely short video available for you online as well. So uh, besides the creation of humanity and animals, the Bible also speaks of other beings that God created, angels who are also referred to in scripture as sons of God, holy ones, spirits, principalities, and powers. In the original languages of the Bible, the word angel carries the meaning of a messenger, which indicates one of their primary reasons for existence. Angels carry out a number of other functions throughout scripture, bringing God glory, carrying out his plans and purposes, and reminding humanity that the unseen world is real. Nice.
1: So go ahead and, and drill that down to a sentence.
0: Sure. Uh, so what this doctrine is really is really pointing us to is the nature and purpose of another type of intelligent created being. That being angels.
1: Yeah. Now we don't know exactly when the angels were created. Uh, we would be best to assume somewhere on days one through six. So uh, presumably. It's earlier. Uh, but we don't know exactly when they're a part of creation. They are not eternal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not divine. So they are created, as we mentioned there. And and again, just to, to use the, uh, the Greek that I learned in seminary, because I paid a lot of money for it. When you think of angel, as we say it means messenger, you see the word in evangelism. It's right mm-hmm. there in the middle. And evangelism means good news, so good message. So you can kind of make sense of how these words kind of work together. Yeah. So... With, with that freebie of, of Greek aside. Thank you for um, that. Well, That's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Where do we see this scripture? I want you to list every single place, Aaron. Oh, my
0: goodness. Every single place and every single individual passage. Is that what you're asking me for? Yes, off the top, off the top of oh, your head. Okay, okay. There we go. Uh, so the short version is just, we see them literally all through the Bible. Um, in the there same way that we see... Um, miracles happening all throughout the Bible. Um, And just like we talked about with miracles, what we tend to see is is we tend to see um, the appearance of angels happening more in pockets and at certain key moments in time, Um, although it's a little bit more evenly spread out to at least to some degree, uh, which is really cool. So uh, right off the bat, we see um, the first appearance of... um, of a not fallen angel, uh, and we'll talk about them. <laughs> we'll talk about them next week. But yes. uh, <laughs> we see the first appearance of a type of angel um, in Genesis chapter three, after the first humans have been cast out of the garden. Um, an angel, um, a- an angel is. Uh, put at its gates and and holds a fiery sword. This angel is um, a cherubim um, and uh, not a uh, diapered uh, diapered baby with wings. By the way, um, but a fierce creature. So yes. um, <laughs> yeah, when you see angels in scripture, you don't see people saying,
1: "Oh, let me give that a hug." You no. see them in fear.
0: You see sweet goodness. I'm gonna die. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that's consistently what happens when they make themselves known for what they. Are so yeah. um, that's also a teaser as we as we call it in the biz, but uh, <laughs> uh, but that's just the first place. We do see more angels show up in Genesis um, as well. One of the most significant ones is actually in a very strange passage um, in uh, in about midway through Genesis, um, just before the um, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, Mm -hmm. there, uh, Abraham is visited, uh, receives three visitors. And one of them we later learn is actually the Lord himself somehow. Um, but, (laughs) um, but two, at least two of them are angels. Um, and so they, but all three had the appearance of being human beings. Um, we jump jumping ahead a bit. Um, you know, we see, um, well, certainly we see uh a- um a whole bunch of angels coming up and down on uh on a st- on a stairway into mm-hmm. Uh, heaven in uh, in Genesis as well in Jacob's vision. Uh, sometimes you see this called Jacob's ladder. Um, yeah. You know, it's also the inspiration for um, one of the greatest rock songs of all time, "Stairway to Heaven." Um, but uh, <laughs> um, just which is not nearly as theologically accurate as um, this <laughs> as most things that uh, we say here. Um, But, um, but it is still a great song. Uh, Jumping ahead, we see angels all throughout Exodus. Um, We see them very early on there as well, particularly as the plagues start mounting up. Um, We, um, we get, um, and then afterward as well, we, we, we see this, this figure who's called the angel of the Lord who serves, um, Serves to guide the people uh, by day and by night um, and is encamped with them, um, appearing as a pillar of smoke and of fire. And being altogether terrifying. Um, We see in Joshua one who's called uh, the commander of the Lord's armies, um, who is another angel and possibly something more, as we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, You know, I was joking about every reference. You know that, right? Oh, I know, but I'm still going. I'm still going. Um, so we're only at Joshua, but I'm going to skip ahead and I'm going to go to Ezekiel. I'm going to um, get coffee. I'll be back. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, but we see them in First, First and Second Kings. Um, we see them in, um, we see them in Ezekiel. Those really strange, many-eyed, many-winged mm-hmm. creatures, angels as well. Um, we see them in Daniel. We um, and then, of course, we see them in the Gospels multiple times. We've talked about one um, repeatedly over the last few weeks. Um yes. you know, uh, one named Gabriel, <laughs> um, one of the only two that actually have a name in Scripture uh, that that were given. Um, so we've got those. so we've got him. We've got two angels who appear. Uh, we've got angels who who come and serve Jesus as he yep. is, um, you know, as he is preparing to die in the garden, um, we have uh, two angels who announce his resurrection. We have all the angels who who showed up in the sky at night to announce his birth. Um, and, then, um, and then we still have more interactions throughout Acts as well. And then even leading into Revelation, we have John, elderly John um, being met by an angel and being t- given this vision of what's to come. As well,
1: and many angels in the vision that he describes as you go yes. further. So let me let me just say this. Let me point out a couple of things based on what you just said, uh, just so we can kind of get some other big ideas out there. So as we said, angels are created beings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that when we read them about them in Scripture, they're often described in these fierce ways. It seems like that's their natural uh, construct, mm-hmm. uh, but they can take the appearance of. A human, we've seen that at at times as well. Yes, Um, and so we have to keep that in mind that uh, while they can take the appearance of of a human, they are not a human. Which is the first caution uh, that I would throw out there as we kind of riff into that: that angels are not people, so we should not get theology from Hollywood or pop culture that seems to imply that or show that right uh, that when you know a person dies, they can become an angel. They're separate created beings um by God and again they are often described as these fierce creatures uh that's why do not fear is often one of the first first things they they say to people yeah so and we're going to talk about the angel of the Lord in a minute mm-hmm. I'll unpack that in a minute but I think that was one or two I think there's something else but I'm forgetting it which is okay uh, that yeah. I wanted to bring to bear oh oh uh the two angels that we know by name they both have masculine names so yes. some people suspect that it uh angels would all be masculine uh, but we we don't know again you're just kind of taking a guess based on what little we have revealed about them yeah angels we know are different categories we know the seraphim uh we know cherubim
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: so it seems like god created them with this this kind of structure mm-hmm. uh there's a, there are a finite number of angels, but it seems like there are a lot of them. Yes. based on what we read in scripture. So, just again, I just want to get a couple of bigger details out there. Yeah. riffing off a few things that you said. Yeah. So, I already said the first area of concern: angels are not people. Yeah. Um, well, what and, what is another area of caution, or did you want to say something well, about that as well?
0: I do want to I do want to say a little bit more about that. So, I mean, yes, absolutely, <laughs> angels are not people, and there are two, and there are two. Equally distinct errors that we make about in in this sense. One is, or actually probably more than two, but uh, one is the one that you mentioned, which is you know a human being becoming an angel. Um, you know this is you know it's a wonderful life, right, Clarence? Yep. Um, you know we see this when people are grieving as well that they they talk about. Um, you know, particularly at the you know at the at the very unfortunate and tragic death of a child, people talk yeah. about um, you know God you know quote unquote needing another angel <laughs> um, or,
1: or receiving another angel yeah or,
0: or things it. like this and it's just like no these are well meaning things that you're trying to say they're just wrong um, and. Um, and angels are very distinct from us. And at the same time, they also don't become us. And so yes. um, so the best thing – so some of the key things that we need to remember when it comes to angels is, to your point, um, don't get your theology from Hollywood. Um, so that means uh, don't uh, – so you can ignore – uh, bad movies from the 90s where Nicolas <laughs> Cage becomes an angel and you can ignore books, movies, songs, TV, whatever it is. These things are really terrible things to build our theology yeah. on. Um, and so what, however we view angels, we need, to, we need to first and foremost and really solely look at what Scripture says about them to form our understanding of their identity.
1: Yeah. And, and let me riff off that and say, because some people may be listening saying, I get that. I don't base my doc on pop culture or, or Hollywood. Uh, but this, I think, gives us a, a, a platform to share the, of the gospel with others who do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, you mentioned situations. I don't think a funeral exactly would be the best place for this. But if you have somebody talking about becoming an angel or something like that, I think there's a good place to, to have a discussion there. Use that as an open door. To talk about God's design, His plan, because as we're going to see in a minute, no, um, if we became angels, it would be a step down. Yeah. So, uh, you know, preserving who we are in in as image bearers of God, mm-hmm. uh, who we are in Christ. It's just a great, great open door. So, what other areas of caution? I'll I'll, I'll throw one, one more out. Angels are powerful, but they're not all powerful, and I think we have to remember that. Uh, when it comes to angels, and also when it comes to demons, which we'll talk about in the future, you know we have to understand that we respect them. We have to acknowledge that that they have some abilities that are impressive, but they're still finite beings. So angels are are intelligent, incredibly intelligent, but they're all knowing. Only God is all knowing. Again, they're powerful, but they're not all powerful. So mm-hmm. again, it's having this proper balance of respecting them, but not over-affording what does not belong to them, some of God's attributes for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think another thing that uh, that we can, we can throw out there is um, we should remember that, particularly when we read Revelation, um, the, one of the references that's there to angels um, may not actually be referring to the literal beings um these could actually represent pastors they could represent angels um truthfully we don't know it is a very it's it's a very confusing and mysterious little bit
1: yeah those those revelation letters in chapters 2 and 3 there are some that believe that maybe this means that every church has a literal angel Um, you know, this takes us to the path of guardian angels that is not really in scripture, but you actually could make a case based on what we encounter in scripture. So it's the same kind of, of guesswork, but then, uh, oh, because angel literally means messenger that perhaps it was the pastor of those churches in mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. And so one of the other things that, um, uh, one of the other things that's there is um, that is this question of the angel of the Lord, and um, this is this is something that we do see throughout Scripture, which is a uh, which is a big question, which is um, is is this this one angel who is referred to with this definite article of the is um, is is he. An angel, or is he something else? And so, um, when we look at th- when we look at the appearances of this this individual in Scripture, um, it can go both ways, depending on what's going on. Um, I mean, so for example, the way that the angel of the Lord is is spoken of um, in Exodus um, indicates um, that this individual is God. Mm. Um, and we see this again in um, – we see this in Joshua with the commander of the Lord's army. Um, we see um, Joshua fall down in worship and the angel receives it. <laughs> and that's key right there. Yeah. And that actually leads into another secondary one, which is that angels aren't to be worshiped. So if an angel isn't to be worshiped, um, what is going on here? <laughs> So um, and, and and so these are things that we need to wrestle with. We need to pay attend, pay close attention to the actions that an angel that, that, that a being described as an angel is um, is taking in Scripture. And when they are acting in such a way that they could only be God um, without sinning. Um, because that, that's actually one of those things that again, we'll get to actually next time when we talk about the counterpoint of angels, um, is angels are capable of sin. Yeah. Um, so we have to, we have to watch that very carefully and, and, and pay attention and understand what's going on. So, yeah, that's a good word. All right. Let's take that and, and
1: shift to our final big question uh, of each episode. And that's what difference should this doctrine make? Um, I'll start with the first one. I believe this doctrine of angels is a source of hope and confidence that God is active in our midst, in a spiritual dimension that we usually do not see. Again, we have to remember that creation is beyond what we see and touch and sense, Mm -hmm. uh, the physical realm. There's a spiritual reality that is all around us. Uh, We have snapshots of this in the Scripture, of course. Uh, John sees into this in the book of Revelation. We have, uh, you know, a snapshot of Elijah uh, and, and the army, um, and so you, you have these times where where the, this veil is peeled back, if you will, and humans can peer into this spiritual dimension. But in general, we are unable to. But that does not mean that there's not something real going on all around us. And to to, to think, consider that that right now, God is at work through his angels as well as through us, his, his chosen people, man, that, that's, that's a source of hope and confidence. Um, and I think if, if we turn that around, if, if we reject the existence of angels, we really risk becoming functional deists because we, we fail to appreciate and to, to value the reality that God is still active. Yeah. So that's one difference I think this doctrine should make. W- what about you?
0: Yeah. Well, um, I think another thing is is that it really uh, it, it really reminds us that there's more going on in the world than we can see. Um, I mean, I love that there there's this uh, John Piper quote that uh, I'm going to paraphrase, but it's it's basically um, God may be doing ten thousand uh, things in the world at any given time, and um, you may only be aware of three and yeah. um and so there there's something to that um there's something to that but um more specifically with when i think about um this doctrine and the reality of the existence of of these other supernatural beings um, is that um it challenges the view that um that is is being pushed on us constantly of this highly materialistic this um uh naturalistic materialistic worldview that's a very complicated way of saying um that there is nothing supernatural only what is measurable observer observable um that we can see touch taste smell um all of the that's all that there is um mm. but um what this says is this reminds us that there's something greater going on in the world there's something other than us and um and that's really really important
1: yeah, that it really is. I think one other idea that, that I kind of draw from this is angels remind me of the privilege that I have of being under God's grace and mercy. Uh, that's something reserved for humans alone. Angels are not under that. They, they are without sin, so they, they do not need God's grace and mercy. Uh, Deems that we'll talk about later, they are, they are condemned so when it comes to understanding who is under God's grace and mercy, who has experienced it, that is reserved for those of us who have trusted in Christ alone. So we have a unique position mm-hmm. in all of, of creation. 1 Peter 12 is, is one of my favorite verses dealing with this. And Peter is talking about the uh, the Old Testament prophets, how they they ministered without seeing the fulfillment of what they wrote about and, and prophesied of, of course, being Jesus. Yeah, And so he, he picked and it says, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, so the church age. These things have now been pre- announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. And, and when I look at that ending, these angels longing to catch a glimpse of these things, I, I, I ask, you know, what is he talking about there? Angels, again, are incredibly intelligent. They mm-hmm. understand the gospel from an intellectual perspective perspective. Yeah. I believe what 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 Peter's getting on our radar here is that angels they don't know it experientially. They don't know what it feels like to be forgiven. Yeah. They don't know what it feels like to be under grace and mercy. And and I wonder, you know, in eternity will angels pull us aside? Tell me one more time. What is it like that the Son of God died for you? What does that feel like? What is that like? And so I think that reminds me of this privilege that we have, this unique place in all of creation to be not only aware of grace and mercy outside of us, but because we've experienced it as yeah. as fallen and then forgiven children of God.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Brian, that's a great place for us uh, to wrap this up. So uh, thanks for chatting today. Uh, I look forward to uh, our next time, hopefully in our studio here. um, But uh, thank you. uh, Thank you all for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. LifeWay's VBS 2020 is Concrete and Cranes, and it's all about building on the love of Jesus. Concrete and Cranes VBS features content for babies through adults with age-specific curriculum to meet the distinct needs of every group. You'll also find curriculum tailored for children and adults with special needs. So no matter the age, Concrete and Cranes helps uncover the truth that he who began a good work will be faithful to carry it on to completion. To learn more, go to lifeway.com slash VBS, where you can download free samples of program materials and join our free Directors Club.